What I'm really talking about is let's get clear what the deep pattern is that runs your life. And it's possible to actually use music to shift that. And so I think it's the initial like, oh, I just put on, if I'm feeling bad, I should just put on some happy music. Not really what I'm t- talking about, although that can be helpful, right? And 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 so I'm not discounting that. I also don't want to discount, I don't want to say we always want to just put on a happy face because emotions are very important pieces of information for us. If you're feeling angry about something, it usually means there's a boundary that's been crossed. So you want to acknowledge that and recognize it and take action if you need to, to set the new boundary or have the conversation that you need. Hey, Construction Nation. Welcome to Lead with Trust. I'm Sue Dyer, and I've been on a three-decade journey to figure out how to make sure our construction projects succeed and produce some extraordinary results. My trusted leader journey has led me to work on over 4,000 construction projects worth over $180 billion. In this podcast, I'm here to teach you everything I've learned. One thing I know is that it starts with the leaders of the businesses and organizations that come together to build a project. If that's you, let's get going. Hey, Construction Nation, this is Sue Dyer, and this is Lead with Trust, and welcome. Today, we have a really cool guest, Susan Drum. She is the CEO and Chief Empowerment Officer of Meritage Leadership Development, and she has a brand new book that dropped last week, The Leader's Playlist. And she has such an interesting background that marries leadership, which she's been doing uh, coaching and helping leaders in some of the Fortune 500, et cetera, for 20 years, understanding brain research. And then she has a master's degree in music and acting. So really interesting juxtaposition of different things that she's put together that really help leaders. And I think you're going to enjoy this episode very much because All of us have things and times when we get stuck. And we know the real thing we're stuck in is ourselves and maybe in our brain. And so she has techniques for using music to change your state and get you moving and beyond those places where you're stuck. So let's listen in to Susan Drum as we learn more about leadership brain research, and music. So I want to welcome today, uh, Susan Drum to Lead with Trust. Welcome. Thank you. Really excited to be here with you. Now, I am I am giddy with excitement for this interview because uh, some of you who know me, I know that I have a pretty extensive musical background, and Susan has married leadership, brain research, and music, and so, you know, I'm just like, oh, we need to learn about this. We need to know about this, and so uh, I'm so excited to have her here. So tell us a little bit about how you came to 
uh, come to marry all these things together and a little bit about your background and experience. Yeah, sure. You know, I had one person say to me, you wrote the book that only you could write. And I hadn't really thought about it like that, but it's actually very true given I have a pretty eclectic background. I, uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh, have a business degree from Carnegie Mellon, and then I went to law school at Harvard, of all places, and decided not to practice law. But law taught me how to make distinctions. And usually the use case for that is making distinctions in case law, because that's what you do when you write briefs. How is this case not like that case? And what are the distinctions? But instead, I use it for how to make distinctions in mindset and the real fine, finer and finer qualities about how people think and where their limiting beliefs stem. So that feeds into what I do in leadership development and went into there into strategy consulting at BCG, Boston Consulting Group. And that work is all of the leadership work is based on what are the strategic objectives you're trying to accomplish? What is your mission for the organization? And how do you need to show up as a leader to make that happen? But the most, uh, and then there was a couple other things that also play in, which I won't get into, Six Sigma and uh, Black Belt and Six Sigma and, and at NBC. And a lot of that work was teaching me how to measure the unmeasurable, right? But the thing that had one of the biggest impact was I have a master's in um, drama and music from the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. And it was really out of that work. And that was post- It was five years post-law school that I started that. It helped me really see I wanted to get into leadership development because what I was learning as an actor and in the music world, I thought could really be brought back to business and to leaders. And that's when I got involved in leadership development 20 years ago. That's so exciting because um, in in my book that I, the new book I just wrote, it is all about creating a, a brain set, a uh, training your brain to think and act in a high trust mindset. So I completely believe in, in mindset uh, that colors and creates your world. So the more I can learn, the better. So I'm really excited to learn more. So, uh, but you know, I think using music is really unique in, uh, and quite exciting uh, in approach to leadership. So can you help us understand, you know, how music can help a leader become more effective and how that might help them to create a better mindset? Yes. Yes. So, um, in, in the book, the leader's playlist, we talk about using music, both figuratively and literally. So figuratively, what we're talking about is you've got this background playlist running music that's going on. And it is the your worldview or the way you view, again, your mindset, what you choose to focus on, what you pay attention to. And it was a survival technique that was developed in childhood. So what I often saw in the, the years I've been doing this work is as leaders, our childhood wounds play out in the workplace. I saw it over and over and over that people weren't reacting for reasons of what was going on immediately. They were actually reacting to, they have a sensitivity or a trigger to that going way back. And, and so we're using music to say, you've got this background playlist. You might not even know it's like the water you swim in. How do you shift that? But also literally the use of music. So music is 
incredibly powerful. It lights up all regions of the brain and it allows, the best way I can describe it in a nutshell is it's like a brain hack. It allows those neural pathways of how we form habits and what we focus of attention to form more quickly. And the reason it does that is because it gets very uh, centrally uh, touching our emotions and our emotional state. So the emotions are incredible, important information that we need to tap into. And that information, whether we're cognizant of the emotions or not, could be running us in the background. And music is essentially the brain hack to help us shift from an old pattern into a new pattern. So when you're working with a client who you've identified or they've identified that they have this, um, a barrier, you know, it's a, right. it's old, an old tape running in their head. How would you, what, what kind of music would they do? How would they do this? Is it a meditation? What's the approach? Yeah. So in the book, there's a seven step process. The first one is to get a belly full. This is what I call it, it which was a phrase that uh, an old roommate gave to me, which was people aren't re really ready to make change until they've reached their limit and they say no longer. Right. So I've reached my belly full. And, and when there's something, and like I said, something in your life that you're bumping your head up against and you feel like I just see this, like maybe it's, yeah, I, I know I get this feedback that I micromanage, but that's just who I am. Or, you know, I, I often hear it when it's like, that's just who I am. Well, who you are can actually be changed. And, and if you want to, right, who you are is brilliant and beautiful and amazing too. And if we're on the journey of personal growth, we want to say, okay, how do I take the best of me and keep adding to that, right? And how do I shift out of some things where I might be having my foot on the brake? So identifying what that, that area is, and then we do some work to look at the patterning. What's the core emotional state that that's bringing up for you? Frustration, irritation, anger, whatever it may be. And we want to look at some of the patterning. And then we want to anchor that with a, a phrase. And usually it goes into an I am statement. So I'm not good enough. I'm an imposter. I'm treated unfairly. I am left out. And that is the core playlist. So now you want to find a song that it is your anchor song to catch you when you're about to go down that neural pathway. So we, what we do is build out music playlist for both your old playlist and your new playlist. And then I run through ways to come up with the new playlist, getting in touch with what's the new core emotional feeling that you want to be in versus this old pattern. And what is the music that best creates that in you and does that for you. And then we create a plan for how you're going to integrate that into your life and leverage that. Uh, and then the last step is really focusing on a meaningful mission. So once you get clear and you heal these old wounds, I always say it's like the monster that you're running from and you may not even realize it, but you're running from it. What do you want to focus on to what you're running to? That's a far greater, more important, meaningful mission outside trying to avoid your triggers and wounds. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, I did some work with Lucas um, many years ago and helping building some of his projects out, but it made me think of film and and how, or, or a TV show where the music is setting the tone and the mood and what would a, a film be like if it didn't have the music? 
Yes. You know, how would you tell the story? And so we're telling ourselves our own stories. Yes. Even if they're subconscious, we're telling ourselves our own story. And then you have music that matches or counterbalances. I love that. Music is interesting too, because, you know, having been a singer for, for, well, since I was born. Yeah. uh, It's interesting how, you know, you learned a song, like when you were in second grade in a different language and you still remember that. Yes. But you can't remember what you had for dinner last night. Exactly. And you think about the the power. I mean, everybody remembers like there was that certain song as a teenager that was like your anthem, right? And so, and 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 still you hear that song, it takes you right back to the time and place. So yeah. think about the power music has to do that. It brings back memories. Think about the p- impact music has on Alzheimer's patients, right? Who are unresponsive. You put their favorite song on, they come alive. They're engaging. So music releases oxytocin and it, there is the same, you get the same high in the research as you would from when you listen to your favorite song, as you would from eating chocolate or even having great sex, right? It's that same high when it's like, oh, my favorite song, it has that ability to tap us in or essentially shift state. So that's that's very interesting. I think that's extremely interesting because there's been a lot of research on trust. And I had um, the gentleman who runs the trust lab on, and he was talking about the research they did, and they call oxytocin the trust component. And uh, you, you have to have that trust, that oxytocin level in order to have that psychological safety feeling to approach people and share openly and create that level of trust. So I think it is, that'd be a cool brain hack, everybody out there on your projects. Maybe you need to come with an anthem or theme song for your project and play it on a regular basis because it will unify and unite. And anybody who's played music, either sung in a choir, played in a band, you know that feeling of connection you can't get any other way when you're in a group that's creating a piece of music, it's just doesn't happen any other way. Maybe yes. when you're yelling at a sports team, perhaps it's the same, <laughs> not the same level, but yes. sort of the same. Yeah. Yes. That, that's very interesting. Yeah. I love that. So I want to just know more about uh, your coaching and how you approach, how do you find people uh, and the, uh, like leaders are not that open to say, gee, I got a problem. It's always right. somebody else's problem, but you know, I, I resemble that. You know, yes, so. yes. Well, usually it's it's you know I'm I'm having trouble uh, retaining or engaging my team, or attracting talent, or I can't seem to get out of the weeds, and it feels like you know I, I I'm playing two levels below where I should be. I really want to be this visionary, but I'm stuck doing all these level and I need to have the right people, but I, I'm not hiring. It all manifests itself in external circumstances. So we start there. We start with what's the external circumstance that you feel like you need to change. The pathway in is not controlling or directing or changing other people. It's shifting internally. And when you shift internally, everything externally shifts. Why does that happen? Well, because you start to notice and pick up different things. You, it's almost like your, your perspective shifts. You have a different color types of lenses on. You see things in a different way. 
And then you can act differently and influence differently. Yeah, it kind of is um, similar to uh, work that where you're you're just shifting paradigms. I love the idea of in the I know in the course of miracles, which I remember years ago learning about, and they define a miracle as a change in perspective. Yeah, and uh, then I studied Aikido. And uh, the martial art of Aikido has no offensive moves, only defensive moves, because you're never going to harm the opponent. You're only going to neutralize what's happening with them. And so uh, mm-hmm. it's all these ways to shift your paradigm uh, can help you tremendously to, to create trust because uh, on our trust pyramid, it starts with trusting yourself. Yes. And and the, when I talk to leaders about trust, you know, that they always say, well, that's the place I've got to start. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And well, they might say my team, my team, but then eventually not too far into it, they go, it's my, I got to trust myself Yeah, that I know what to do and how to do it. And then I know that I'm going to follow through and, and I can trust that I will. Follow. Yes. Yeah. And if you've got one of these playlists playing in the background of I'm not good enough or I'm not safe or I'm treated unfairly, ultimately they're all that's those are places where you're not trusting yourself. You're not you're not actually feeling both feeling loved and and loving yourself. And it it all starts there. And you don't even know it. Yes. Because <laughs> we all think, I mean, when I did this work and honestly, I did it for myself. How did I develop it? I, you know, I, I, I was bumping my head up against a ceiling in my personal life. And, you know, after the loss of a very important relationship to me, um, significant other, I was like, what is going on here? I need to figure this out. And I, Anyone would look at my circumstances and say, my old playlist, what I discovered was I'm treated unfairly. And anyone would look at what happened to me and say, oh, yeah, you were treated unfairly, right? But that's not helping me. All that's doing is getting me more riled up and more feeding that wound of, yeah, there I was again, treated unfairly. Instead, I had to look at what is the gift in this experience, but how do you get there when you're feeling resentful and frustrated and betrayed. And the only, you can talk yourself till you're blue in the face. You can do all the therapy, but honestly, it was music that would best shift my emotional state from those feelings to feeling blessed and in love all by myself out there hiking, loving me, loving nature, right? Feeling good about myself. It was music that would allow me to drop that story. Yeah, because it doesn't serve me. Even though you know, you could say yes, this happened to you, but and so what? Yeah, well, and as I tell my grandsons all the time, and everyone has those problems; they just have different names. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Hope you're enjoying the show. Every time you and your team step foot onto a construction project, you bring your business culture with you. For any construction project to succeed, there must be a high trust culture. It doesn't matter if you're in planning, design, construction, or startup phases. The more trust you bring and build, the better your results. 
I've created a free resource for you, the Trusted Leader Profile, so you can know exactly the level of trust you bring to your business and projects and what you can do to boost trust. You can grab that at sudico.com slash profile. That's S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com slash profile, P-R-O-F-I-L-E. And I hope that you'll remember that always high trust equals high performance, and it really depends on you. Now back to the show. So can you give us a, like, an example or two of how this has worked with a specific leader? You know, names named, of course. But yes. Some examples? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, one of my favorites is, is talking about a leader who got some 360 feedback, you know, from her team and from her peers. She was the head of marketing in a company and uh, that she was always upset and trying to insert herself into places where she didn't belong, meaning meetings and communication. She would she would get upset when she wasn't included in certain things. And from her perspective, it was all legitimate. These were all things that impact marketing she needed to know. And how can she do her job if she's kept in the dark? So that all sounds plausible. And I'm there was truth to that. But we wanted to look at what was really going on behind the scenes that had her keep showing up this way or the fear of being left out. And ultimately, her old playlist was, I'm left out. We looked at, I said, well, what emotions do you connect to when you feel those experiences, when you get the memo that this meeting happened and you weren't included? Like, what's going on for you? And then where else in your life have you had those experiences? And we looked at her, you know, issues with when her ex-husband would take the kids to the lake house that they used to have together, right? And that would re-trigger the wound. We kept going back. And one of the earliest experiences was her sister was the sort of pretty glamorous one. And she said she was the mousy one. And so the sister got all the attention when neighbors would come over as little children. So she felt left out even that early. So what happens? She's hyper aware to experiences where she feels left out. In fact, she's literally broadcasting the message that you might leave me out and I'm going to make sure that you don't, right? And I call that the monster you're running from. Like, don't leave me out. So I'm going to make sure. And and so we used music for her to catch herself down that eight lane highway to hell that would take her down this I'm left out again. And we came up with the song Adele, Adele's Hello. You know, it's like, hello, can you hear me? You know, and so she could, when she felt herself getting triggered, when something would happen like that, she would go, oh, there's Adele again. Okay. Like, let's, okay. I know, I know. Let's, let's do. Let's switch that pattern. And, and then we built out what's the new feeling she wants to be in, which is around her feeling welcomed. Like she doesn't even have to insert because she's being invited. Like I'm invited to the party. And so the focus of attention was what are places in your life where you're being invited? 
And so she started putting her attention there. A neighbor asked her over for wine, uh, you know, a cocktail. And then she was invited by her kids to something that the dad would have loved to have done, but they invited her, right? So she needed to put her attention there, but she had music as the anchor that she played in the morning to shift her state into that I am welcomed. And so her her one of her anchor songs in the new playlist was um, Come Sit Next to Me. It's a song, I think, by Free the People or We the People. I can't remember. And, and she had a real playlist of, of at least a dozen songs. And the more she could shift herself into that energetic state of she is invited and welcomed, the more she started to see things in her life switch. And then at work, she she would catch herself, not insert herself so much, but find ways to build relationships one-on-one, which I'm sure in building trust where, you know, the one she had the most issues with, they went out to lunch and she said, you know, I think I'm just going to trust that you're going to include me where it needs to. Let me tell you what's important to our group. And I'm going to trust that you're going to include. And I think he was pretty taken back, right? That was one of the biggest challenges that she had. But what she found is she didn't feel the need to be as included. And by her feeling that way, she was more included. Then she was invited to different things. It's almost like when people can feel that you, you're you pushing, they withhold. They do, yeah. Right? So I think, um, so that's a, that's a great example. And I think one that, that really talks about trust and how you're showing up because ultimately she wasn't trusting that anyone would include her. Yeah. And they felt it. And the most interesting, a couple interesting things pop out from that. One is that what we fear we bring to ourselves, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, you know, everybody out there, when you're you're having a relationship with it, whether it's a, the colleague, a peer, a boss, uh, if it's not going the way you want, you really got to, I would say, get a mirror out, and look at how are you creating this? Because somehow you're creating it. And I really love the idea that you could put on some music and shift your state because I know that that happens. I know it can happen. And a lot of times uh, you just get in a bad mood or you're just in this fearful mood or whatever, whatever it is that's creating the the destiny that you don't want uh, by creating some music and shifting that and shifting a whole team that way. Uh, I think of it too, in terms of the cadence of the music you know, like with a project, you've got to all be kind of, we call it a dance. You got to, everybody's going to be dancing together. Your schedule sort of is your cadence of your heartbeat that's going. Mm -hmm. And if you have music, it kind of gets everybody together, even if they're just clapping together, stomping together, yelling together, or listening in some way, I, I think it brings them together in a whole. It changes the brain, gets you your oxytocin you need for the open, honest conversations that need to occur. Uh, It sounds like a really fantastic approach. And I I love that you're doing that. What do you find is the biggest challenges to really helping leaders in this way? I think initially it was, oh, what could music do? Or, Or maybe people get it because they say, well, sure, I put on fast music when I work out. So yeah, I already use music. And that's great. And absolutely, like that's our, I would say sort of the surface layer of using music. What I'm really talking about is let's get clear what the deep pattern is that runs your life. And it's possible to actually use music to shift that. 
And so I think it's the initial like, oh, I just put on, if I'm feeling bad, I should just put on some happy music. Not really what I'm t- talking about, although that can be helpful, right? And 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 so I'm not discounting that. I also don't want to discount, I don't want to say we always want to just put on a happy face because emotions are very important pieces of information for us. If you're feeling angry about something, it usually means there's a boundary that's been crossed. So you want to acknowledge that and recognize it and take action if you need to, to set the new boundary or have the conversation that you need. But what I'm really talking about is when you get stuck in a pattern. If you've got a pattern of always getting angry or the anger keeps showing up, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about shifting deep-seated patterns. So it is, if if music can shift state of like, I'm feeling sad, I'm happy. But I think the other thing is what people end up doing is they listen to music that matches their emotional state. That's sort of the the habit we do. Like when, when I broke up with my eighth grade crush, it was careless whisper, you know, like I, I just loved the song because it mirrored how I felt emotionally. Yes. And, but what I'm also saying is you can use music to alter your, again, alter your state for some of these deeper patterns. Yeah. A friend of mine would talk about vibrations, you know, and music is yes. very much about vibrations. So it's uh, elevating the level of vibration of where you are. I mean, certainly you want you can match it too. That, that sometimes wallowing is good, or or feeling more intensely. Yes, especially if it's a good feeling. Yes, you can do that, but it can also uh, change. You can change your state by elevating the level level of energy in it. Yeah, music is awesome. It is what creates the universe. So. Um, you know, we're all about trust here. And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit more if you have any ideas or thoughts on how leaders can use this kind of concept with their teams to develop more cohesion, more effectiveness as a leader. Yes, I, I, I think it's, of course, we've already said you've got to do the work yourself, right? You've got to understand where, where am I not trusting myself? Where do I judge myself? What judgments do I have about myself? What judgments do I have about my team? And what judgments do I have about the environment? Because that's going to color your ability to trust any of that. And when you can shift your perspective on how you view that, it's going to make all the difference. So I, I recently had a team member share with me, you know, I had to bring on a new team member that's handling some work that she, that the old team member, she's not an old team member, but she used to do. And she's not necessarily liking the quality of what's happening. And this is this person's first time. So can understand that. But there was there was definitely this like, I'm shocked that she didn't know that you needed to do X, Y, Z. And the shift in perspective was let's I don't think it's a matter of not knowing. I think she has a difference of opinion of what it should be. And she doesn't know our process or why we've chosen it this way. So let's go with assuming good intent here. And it's a, it's a teaching path. But really, I need to have a conversation with her. And I will about what's going on underneath that. What, what's causing that type of reaction? And and what is it? Is there some fear or is there, what's the frustration so that we can shift that so that you're, the lens you're bringing to others isn't colored in that way. And I think as leaders, that's what we need to look for. 
Like what's really going on for you? Like when you found out she did that, you know, what were you saying to yourself about it? I love the idea that uh, judgment, because one of my ide- one of my concepts is uh, non-adversarial. So you you never judge. You ne- judgments are not allowed because judgments impede your ability to see what is, yeah. what could be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love that idea. That's right in line with of what we talk about and and teach as well. So I know you have your new book uh, when this when this airs it will have just come out the week before. Yay. So everybody jump on and go over and get The Leaders Playlist by Susan Drum. So tell us about why you decided to write this book now. Well, I really believe our society, our level of divisiveness, the the breakdown in communication that happens, the adamacy of the truth, and this is how it is, is really getting in the way of relationships. And I love this phrase. There's this group called Learning in Action. To heal the divide between us, we need to heal the divide inside of us, right? And so this is a pathway to heal the divide inside of you so that we can heal the divide between you and I. And that's ultimately what I'm hoping to do. And I just think it's incredibly stressful to be a leader right now. I mean, there's so many with the pandemic, uh, you know, and then the supply chain issues and great resignation and, you know, differences in in, uh, generations and how they're approaching their work. There's so much change coming at you as a leader. And if you don't upgrade your internal operating system, it's going to be hard to function, you know, as we're in a period of escalating um, complexity. I couldn't agree with you more. They allow them to be resilient where when they need to be and how they need to be. There's so much disruption that's coming still. Yes. Just, you can see it on the horizon. Yes. What we've had already is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I know. So better get prepared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and the only way you get prepared is you gotta you gotta shore up internally. I I agree completely. So I, I just love this interview. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And how can anybody or everyone get a hold of you? I I will send them over again to your book. Yes. Uh, and remember that is the leaders playlist. Go grab that. And uh, how can they get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more? Yes. Well, you can go to susandrum.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-D-R-U-M-M.com. And there's links there to the book. Uh, you can go to the leadersplaylistbook.com. But links to the book, links to a masterclass that I have um, that's that's coupled with the book to take you through this same process and um, more other tools and resources. Perfect. So exciting. Thank you for doing this good work and for putting all this together in a meaningful way so people can really shift. I do think this is a brain hack. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm so glad to be on this and the amazing work you're doing building trust as we are of the same mission. We are. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Okay, Construction Nation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust. Will you do me a favor? If you think this episode can help anyone on your team or business, please forward it to them. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And your honest review, hopefully five stars, is much appreciated. 
every leader who learns how to build their business and projects on a foundation of trust is going to reap the rewards of greater productivity, attracting the best of the best, enjoying your business more, and doing things you thought were impossible. If you want to know where you are in your trusted leader journey, I have a free resource for you. Please just go to sudico.com slash profile, S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com slash profile. And you can grab it there and find out where you are on your trusted leader journey. And so that is a wrap for today. Can't wait until I get a chance to hang out with you again next week. And until then, have a great day.